Welcome back to the Winnipeg Foundation's Because Radio. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined by Susan Sater. She is the Executive Director of Good Neighbors Active Living Centre. Susan, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. So first and foremost, can you introduce our listeners to Good Neighbors Active Living Centre and the work that it does in our community? Sure. So Good Neighbors Active Living Centre is a place where uh, older adults can come and participate in a number of different programs, get a number of different services. We've been around for well over 25 years. And um, our mission is really to ensure that seniors have a place where they can connect with other people, feel part of the community. And our hope is that what we do adds to the well-being of older adults. Some examples of programs that we offer are just a big variety of fitness classes, everything from sort of slower paced things for people who might have mobility issues, like people with arthritis can exercise to very, you know, aerobic, upbeat kinds of uh, programs like Let's Move, Let's Dance. We do some educational programming. We've got some art classes, drawing classes, and then a number of uh, recreational opportunities as well. So we have card groups like Canasta, Cribbage, Bridge. Uh, we offer pickleball, just a lot of things so that people have the opportunity to come together stay active and uh, make friends and yeah, feel, feel part of the community. Good Neighbours has been such an important place for older adults to socialize and connect and and stay connected to their community for, as you mentioned, more than a quarter century, I guess you could call it now. Can you tell me a little bit about how Good Neighbours got started? Well, it was a very grassroots initiative. This was certainly before I started at Good Neighbours. I've been here for 19 years. But before that, it was uh, sparked by Manitoba Health, who recognized that there wasn't a lot in the River East area for older adults. And so they wanted to take a look at what kinds of needs there were, what would address some of those needs. And um, it, it, again, very much grassroots. When Good Neighbors became incorporated, it was completely run by volunteers. They eventually got an executive director a couple of years later. and. Um, yeah, a lot of community consultation to get things going. They decided that this kind of a model, a senior center model, would be the best fit for River East. So that being said, we're certainly not just limited to River East. Anybody from anywhere can come and participate at our center. And we, we do have people coming from St. James, Charles, or just because a particular program is of interest to them. Um, but yeah, we've been around for that long. So we've gone from a staff of one to a staff of uh, 10 and uh, really have expanded on what it is that we can offer in the community. We have a great location at 720 Henderson Highway. We share the space with Bronx Park Community Center and the facility was built for our two groups. So uh, we were really involved in, in the development of the center, what kinds of spaces we were looking for, uh, what we needed for seniors to, and for us to have a permanent home as well. Uh, before getting here, Good Neighbors had about four or five different homes along the way. Uh, but now we're in our permanent home and it's it's uh, been going great. The COVID-19 pandemic has been really challenging for everyone, especially for seniors and older adults in our province and for our charitable sector as well. I'm wondering if you can speak to how Good Neighbors had to pivot during the pandemic and some of the ways that Good Neighbors has been working to address a lot of the issues that certainly were amplified by the pandemic, things like isolation and, and mental health. 
Well, seniors are certainly more likely to experience social isolation, more so than many other age groups, just because of circumstances, because they've had their family, family may have moved on, they may have lost a spouse, there may be health issues or mobility issues that keep them at home. And then what COVID did was, so there were already some isolated, isolated seniors. Uh, what COVID did was create a whole new group of people who were now having to stay home because they were told that they were a vulnerable group and uh, more at risk of, of getting COVID. So over the past year and a half, we've had two closures. Uh, our, our center is all about bringing people together. And twice we, we had to close between March 2020 and July 2020. And then we closed again November 2nd and just reopened this past Monday, September 13th. So really long periods of closure. Uh, and people who were coming here were active seniors who were connected to others. So yeah, it created this whole other group of people who now didn't have those kinds of options, whether it was programming or volunteering. So what we did was our, our staff is incredible. We got together right away and started talking about what do we need to do to support the people that we serve to help them get through this, to help them stay safe, to give them options for some kind of connection, um, to make sure that they were getting uh, everything they needed to be able to isolate in place because that was being what was being asked of them at the time. And so uh, we did a number of different things. One of the first things we addressed was our congregate meal program. We run two congregate meal programs in the River East area. And so both of those, again, we had to uh, stop. Uh, so we couldn't bring people together to enjoy meals anymore. So we tried to figure out, so what do we need to do? It turned into a strictly delivery service. Um, so the staff actually, because we didn't want to put our volunteers at risk, the staff are the ones taking turns delivering all of the meals. And we were able to expand the program from a three-day week program at two different locations to a five-day week program. And uh, the uptake was amazing. We, we did really, really well. People wanted the meal program. Again, it's just helping them to be able to stay home and still get home-cooked meals. We also partnered with some volunteers through the United Way who connected us to um, volunteers that were doing um, grocery drives and, and getting donations of all sorts of different things to help people stay at home. So we were able to get a lot of different um, donations of groceries that we then uh, gave to our staff to take out to the seniors that they worked with in the community. We also uh, rallied some of our volunteers to act as sort of a, a, a telephone social visit volunteer. So any of our members who felt that they would like to have a phone call a couple of times a week just to chat, we were able to put that in place as well. We organized a, a chat room through Facebook for some of our members that were online and wanted to connect with others. We also sent out so much resource information as much as we possibly could, things that we were getting uh, where, you know, different kinds of presentations or events were taking place online. And then we started virtual programming as well, which went over incredibly well. We were really fortunate to get funding um, to be able to cover the cost of our, our instructors so that we could offer it to seniors at no cost at first, so they could try it out and see if they like doing the virtual classes. So we offered about 20 different fitness classes, our painting classes and our harmonica group met online. And it was amazing to see how many people embraced this and are still embracing it. We, we offered some virtual classes this fall 
because we heard from people that they still wanted this option and they all filled up. So it, it's, uh, it's been interesting. Of course, we still want to do the programs that we do on site as well. So yeah, those were some of the things we, we applied for funding wherever we could to be able to uh, get resources out to people. Um, another initiative was we got funding through uh, United Way, and I guess they got it through New Horizons for Seniors, which was a federal initiative. We got two uh, $10,000 grants to be able to purchase cognitive stimulation kinds of things. Uh, and our, our target group for this were seniors who didn't have access to the internet and also low income seniors. And it, we've got things like puzzle books, uh, jigsaw puzzles, painting kits, model car kits, all sorts of things so that people were given the opportunity to do something that would be cognitively stimulating to them rather than just sitting and watching televisions. That might've been their only option. So that was a, another uh, another uh, thing that we were able to offer to our seniors. So we just did a lot of trying to be creative and figure out what people needed and talk to them about what they needed and kind of went from there. That's great. And it's so important um, to have that responsiveness and to meet people addressing the needs that they have. And now as we're reemerging from COVID, uh, one of the things we're, we're noticing is that for seniors, it's been a really prolonged period of isolation. And that comes with some effects for some people. Um, we've heard a lot about COVID fog where people feel their thinking is kind of fuzzy. There's a nervousness about driving because they haven't been driving as much as they used to drive. Um, some of their confidence in their social skills has, has diminished. So we're trying to get some funding to be able to um, address that as well. So to help people re-engage after they've gone through this period of COVID isolation. You mentioned that Good Neighbors has just recently opened its doors again. Can you speak to how it's been since the reopening and what the response from attendees past and present has been since the doors have been open again? Well, I, I can certainly say from our staff's perspective, we are so thrilled <laughs> to be open again. This place was very dark and so quiet and we're used to it just being a place where you're buzzing with activity. Um, and so it's been so wonderful to open our doors and, and welcome people back. We have a lot of volunteers who work at the center. They work at our front desk. They help with registrations. They work in our bookstore. And everyone was just raring to come back to those jobs. Um, we do require full vaccination. And that has been something that has been very favorably received by our members. I think it was a barrier for some. They weren't feeling safe unless they were they weren't feeling safe and feel willing to come back unless that was something that was one of the restrictions that we had. And so yeah, we just developed a new volunteer position. Someone's at the front door, they check their vaccination status, people come in, and it's been wonderful. You you see people reconnecting. Um, people that either volunteer together reconnecting or some of our members who have participated in our fitness classes reconnecting. It's really a lot of joy and a lot of fun. Um, we're hearing laughter in the hallways again. So it, it's been absolutely fantastic. What are your hopes for Good Neighbors Active Living Center in the future? Well, I'm really hopeful that people will continue to re-engage. Our, our registration uh, period for our uh, September, October classes went well, but the numbers aren't as high as they used to be. So I think there is some hesitation still. Um, we really kind of operate wave by wave. So we're kind of waiting to see what happens with this fourth wave. Um, 
we have continued on with our virtual classes for people who haven't felt comfortable coming back yet. And then because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership well. with 93.7 CJNU-FM. Um, if you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org. Welcome. Like it's a place they want to be a part of. That's very much what our center has been about. And that's, uh, you know, what we all hope it'll continue to be. We're just about out of time, but... Before we sign off, is there anything else you'd like to mention about Good Neighbors Active Living Center? Sure. So if anybody's interested in, in finding out more about the center, you can visit our website, which is gnalc.ca. So it stands for Good Neighbors Active Living Center. And um, our newsletter is on site. You can read about uh, what our mission, vision, values are here at the center. So I'd encourage people to, to take a look at that. Or if they don't have internet, certainly feel free to give us a call. We have wonderful volunteers at our front desk who'd be happy to give them information. Or they can drop by. We're open Monday to Friday. The front desk is open from 9 a.m. till 3.30. Um, and so our volunteers would be happy to show them around and, and see what kinds of things that we offer and uh yeah we hope we hope more people will come by fantastic so a wonderful opportunity to connect with others engage there are now in-person activities again which is fantastic there's also still virtual activities as well there's always lots to do at good neighbors active living center so again as susan mentioned gnalc.ca is the website to learn more I've been speaking with Susan Sater, the Executive Director of Good Neighbors Active Living Centre. Susan, thank you again so much for speaking with me today about Good Neighbors. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org. 